Hello, and welcome to today's show. You are listening to The Digital Matrix, where Kurt talks to some of the brightest minds in the industry about the most advanced technology IT solutions available today to help your business thrive. Today's episode is brought to you by General Data Tech at www.gdt.com. You can also email the show at podcast at gdt.com. And now, to start the show from his secret podcast studio in City Center in Houston, Texas, here's your host, Kurt Nordquist. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome to the show today here on GDT's The Digital Matrix. I'm your host, Kurt Nordquist, Executive Director of Global Alliances at GDT, and today my guest on The Digital Matrix is Larry Hahn with Schneider Electric. You might also know them as APC. In 2007, if you remember, Schneider acquired APC. The idea was to take the leader in the IT room, or white space of data centers, APC, and combine it with the company with the leadership position in the gray space, or electrical rooms, that being Schneider Electric to then create this single data center powerhouse. And they are still that powerhouse today, literally and figuratively. Now, Larry is the director of Channel Digital Services, and he brings a wealth of knowledge around the area of digital services and where you can get day two support to help organizations around their sustainability efforts. I'm talking about visibility, monitoring, and management as a service. Larry, thank you for taking the time out of your day and joining us on the show. Kurt, I appreciate the opportunity, and uh, as you said, I've uh, I've been with APC now Schneider Electric uh, for a very long time. I actually started in 1993, right out of college, and uh, I've actually always worked with uh, with our channel partners. I've, I've I've watched our our value prop evolve from five you know small small UPSs all the way into the data center, as you as you mentioned. And uh, my latest endeavor is actually working with our channel partners to really help them to solve that that problem of managing this distributed edge in these environments uh, for their customers. So I'm looking forward to talk to you about that today. Okay, Larry. Well, let's jump right into it. What are some of the trends that you are seeing that is influencing your business today? Yeah. So um, one of the things that uh, that that we're seeing is uh, is really this this transition of uh, of how data. Is actually being created um, in the environment. So uh, a, a lot of the a lot of the uh, the information that was created in the past was was done in these large data centers. You hear about Google and Amazon and Microsoft with these these large data centers that were creating information and everything going into the cloud. Uh, what we're actually seeing now is this trans- transition into uh, more of that stuff going closer to the edge. Um, in fact, there's a stat I typically reference from Gartner. Uh, which basically says that 75% of all data is going to be created outside of the data center by 2025. Um, the reason that's important is that's actually changing our expectations as consumers um, as to like how we're actually getting our experiences, our services provided to us. And you can you can kind of look at uh, really any of the things that we're that we're doing today. I, I tend to like to use the example of uh, of Starbucks. Um, regards to how I get my coffee. So in the past, you know, I'd go into Starbucks, I'd order my coffee. I like the dark roast. So if, after a certain part of the day, like they don't make it anymore, so you have to wait for it. Uh, and then I might order a breakfast sandwich and, and I'd have to wait. It might be a 25, 30 minute experience. Well, today I actually have an app which I can go on and on my way to that store, I can actually order that, order my uh, my coffee and what I'm going to uh, eat that day. 
And when I walk in the store, my expectation is that's going to be available. So that my uh, my experience has changed now because of technology, uh, where now I expect stuff to be available, uh, where before I was perfectly willing to wait. So that's the first thing. But the other thing that we're seeing is this data that's being created in these environments. It's actually, uh, it's it's one, as I already mentioned, it's changing our expectations as consumers. So like we expect stuff to be available to us, and if it's not, we're going to go somewhere else. But as businesses, because now they have access to this data, they can learn more about how their consumers are buying their products and services, and then they can adjust how they actually provide that to them from that data. So as more of this gets closer to the consumer, um, it's actually opening up an opportunity for us to kind of change how we actually bring our value to to them as as partners and, and vendors. And so the conversation now goes much longer into services, right? No longer is the power conversation around just batteries, backup, and UPS systems. So going back to what you just said, how are these trends affecting businesses today? Yep. So um, if, if we just kind of follow on that concept of, of as consumers, we expect everything to be available that's actually putting a tremendous amount of pressure on these businesses to actually be able to provide that experience. Um, so as you, as you think about more and more devices going out closer to the consumers, that's, that's more POS systems, that's more, that's more networking switches, uh, it could be cameras, whatever it might be, these, these things that are actually providing the, uh, the experience for the customer, well, they have to be maintained uh, and monitored by those customers. Um, and you know, one of the things that we're seeing as we as we talk to to customers is uh, is that you know, the great resignation is it's real for them. Um, so the, the, you know, in order for them to provide these experiences, they need someone to look at this stuff. And those resources that they're not they're not available. Um, so you're starting to see these these customers kind of raise their hand and, and ask for help. And, and we actually we typically reference another stat from IDC, which which says that 60% of customers today are already doing that. They're already going out to partners uh, and asking for help to go manage that environment. Um, and it just as a, as a as a quick anecdote to that, um, we did a demand gen uh, activity with uh, with another with one of our partners through LinkedIn. Um, and the in the, uh, the the premise of that was. We have a white paper that talks about what the best practices are for the for the edge environment, and basically there's four or five things that we basically highlight as far as things that they need to do, such as you know having resources to manage that, having visibility into those devices, um, being able to uh, respond when there's issues, um, and the idea with that campaign was actually to identify 20 or 200 customers that might want to, um, you know, might be interested in this. Um, and typically, those campaigns it takes a little while to generate that. Um, but we actually we actually kicked it off, and in two weeks we had reached that hundred that hundred uh, customer um, requirement. And these weren't just normal day-to-day people. These were CTOs, CIO, vice presidents. These were the business owners for these companies. Uh, and they were basically were, were raising their hand and saying, I need help. And, uh, and we're interested in having that, that next conversation about how, how we might be able to do that for them. Those are some great numbers. I know that marketing departments everywhere would love to have that kind of a response rate. Larry, like what also you said, uh, edge computing has just absolutely exploded. And customers really want to maximize their uptime and avoid that unexpected downtime that'll be harmful to their business. So how can Schneider Electric help our mutual customers address these challenges? 
Yeah, so um, typically when we uh, when we get in these engagements with the customers, we really we're really trying to come at it from a business a business problems perspective, um, and specifically we talk to them about what's their day to support strategy, right? So um, a lot of cases when we when we're brought in, they've they've already made the decision as far as the IT equipment that they're going to put into that environment to provide whatever that experience might be, and then our, our next question to them is, well, that's that's great that you figure that out, but what, what what is your day two strategy? What do you do next? So once it gets deployed, what happens then? Who's responsible for making sure that that stays up and running? How do you have how do you maintain visibility into that? And you know the, the strategy you have today is that is that what you want, um, or are you looking for something different? Um, and really, we we kind of design that conversation around three kind of three pillars. Um, the first one is visibility. Uh, so before we can even have come and provide any recommendation as what to do next, we really need to know what's going on. And uh, a lot of cases, especially for our category in power, um, we're coming into an environment where even though they might be refreshing the IT equipment, the UPSs that are protecting that might actually be there, uh, might be older because typically IT refreshes like every three years. Our devices can last up to six years. Um, so. One of the things that we want to do is get visibility into the customers in regards to the health of those devices. So we have a software, our EcoStructure IT Expert software, which is our cloud-based uh, monitoring management solution, which will actually give visibility into those devices. And we have assessments built into them where we can actually show them UPS health. Uh, we can give them a snapshot into device security. So just to make sure that those UPSs are not a potential backdoor from a cybersecurity perspective. Uh, and then also just help them understand what the overall environment looks like as far as the power coming into it. And then based off of that, um, we can we can kind of take that next step. And so which gets into the second pillar, which is the monitoring. So all this data that we're providing to them, someone has to look at that data and do something with it. Um, and typically that's done virtually. So um, that would be done from a partner standpoint, might be done through a network operating center. Um, there are some customers that are big enough. They actually have kind of their equivalent of that internally um, where they would have a, a team that's looking at that. But someone has to take that data and then do something with it um, and basically virtually remediate whatever that issue would be. So, so that's the second piece is that is, is the monitoring. And then the last piece is there's just some stuff that can't be fixed virtually. Um, so in our for, for us, it could be the battery needs to be replaced. Well, you have to send someone on site to do that. So that's that's the service or the remediation piece. Um, and, uh, and really, we just want to determine who's going to actually go do that. So is the customer going to do that? Does it, do they want a partner to do that on their behalf? What does that look like? So those are the three components, the visibility, the monitoring, and then the service component. And really what we've done is actually we've actually designed our, our go-to-market strategy where we, we, we have the customer kind of answer those questions. So who's, who's going to monitor the environment and then who's going to service the environment? And depending on the answer to that question, we actually have a solution or an offer that, that corresponds to that. Um, and the nice thing about our, 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 our approach is that it's flexible. So a customer could have a site that maybe they want to do themselves and all they need is our software. Uh, and they might have other sites where they don't have resources um, to do it. So then it would actually uh, leverage us to do it or leverage their partner, right? So um, they can actually mix and match within uh, with, within an environment to come up with the solution that makes the most sense for their business. Um, uh, and that, and that, that's really worked for us because it, it allows us to really get to the root cause of, of solving that problem of like what's the day two support. And because we're flexible, it, it doesn't matter what direction they go in. We're going to provide the solution that makes the most sense for them. 
So, Larry, what you're saying is that Schneider Electric is leveraging your, you know, your combined with the partner's digital assessments to help our customers understand the health of their environment. So where have you seen that happening within the customer base? Can you talk about some use cases where that is happening today? Absolutely. Um, and I'm, I have a couple. Um, I, I, have, I have one in the healthcare space. Actually, I have one for uh, an IT company that has a global reach and then another one in the financial services. But I, I would say this is basically the use case is any customer that has an environment um, where either there's multiple locations that need to be managed or, or multiple sites. So they could be one building, but they have multiple IDF closets. Or it could be, in some of the examples I'm going to give, they have multiple locations around around the U.S. or maybe even globally that they need to have have managed and be made available. Um, so it it really kind of transcends all of the all of the all the different verticals that you might come across. Um, but specific to to this, so from a healthcare perspective, uh, we actually worked with a, a hospital group in uh, in the southeast, um, and their um, their issue was that they actually had poor visibility into their assets, and, and they really lacked the resources to go and support those. And actually, when we, we, we had the conversation with their CTO, his exact comments to me was, Larry, I want to get out of the UPS management business. Um, but my problem is is that I can't actually, um, I can't make the business case to my management for them to allow me to outsource this. So we actually worked with them. We deployed our software. We did an assessment, and we used that assessment to actually help them build the business case uh, to go get the funding so that they could then outsource that, um, outsource the, the management of those environments. But the other thing is that, that being a hospital, they, they needed a little bit different. So our standard SLAs are next business day. Um, but they needed four-hour response because of a hospital. So we actually worked with them to also create hot spares that to keep that environment. So if an issue happened, we would just deploy the, the, the people to get there within that four hours, and we'd have the resources there. So a really unique a, a unique uh, use case, but it just, again, it kind of shows some of that flexibility, but then also using data to help go drive a business outcome. So so that, that's one example. Um, another one we worked up was, was also unique. Um, this was a, a data-to-everything platform company. Uh, that is U.S.-based, um, actually in the, uh, in the western part of the country, uh, but there are all the resources in the U.S., but they have locations around the world. Um, and basically their challenge was that they couldn't support those global, those, those global sites. They didn't really have visibility into them. Um, so we actually worked with a, with a, with a, with a partner uh, that, that set this up as like a managed service for themselves, and, uh, and that partner acts as the central uh, um, viewer of the environment. So everything goes through the, their, their knock in the U.S., and then they actually work with, with us to go and dispatch people in the different locations. They have locations in Australia, the U.K., Dubai, um, so you know, very, very global um, and actually, they gave us the example where they had a site in Australia that went down, and it took them seven months to get it fixed because they couldn't, they couldn't, they didn't have the resources to do it. We're able to turn that cycle time now into a couple, into into a couple days. Um, so, that's the, the, the tremendous value by being able to aggregate that through a partner and give that visibility. And then um, the last one, from a financial standpoint, this is uh, this is actually up in Canada. Um, it was a, a, fi- a large financial institution. Uh, they actually have locations in Canada, U.S., and the U.K. Um, their challenge was that they, they didn't have visibility into their – and they also have, they have franchises and then corporate offices. So they didn't have visibility into that. 
Um, they didn't have standardization, so it was the, you know, the franchises were doing one thing, the corporate offices were doing something else, and then, and then they also didn't have the resources. We actually worked with them to actually put together not only the, a, a, a software and services solution, but actually a hardware solution that, that brought together the full compute into a rack. Uh, it's what we call our micro data center. Uh, and then we basically are managing that um, and, uh, and then providing that support. Uh, and, the, and, uh, and, and for them, their franchises need three years of support. Their, the corporate office need five years of support. But basically, we're able to, to address their needs and standardize that and actually bring some, um, some consistency to their model. And by doing that, we're actually taking costs out of their support model. So three different examples, kind of, kind of um, um, you know, different segments or verticals, uh, but kind of the same method, the same story, you know, lack of visibility, resources not available there, want to drive some standardization to, to reduce their costs. Thanks, Larry. Those are those are great examples, and I think what it what it tells all of us is that no matter what size your data center, what size your business, this should be a strategy that everybody should employ. So, if a business, one of our listeners, wanted to figure out their day two support strategy, even if it's just to optimize what they already have, how would they get started? Yeah. So, um, and I kind of I kind of referenced it in uh, in the example I gave with uh, for the healthcare vertical. Um, our, our approach is always to start with our, 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 our digital assessments uh, through our software. Um, so as I said, we can provide UPS health and the device security um, and really provide that, that foundation as far as what the environment looks like today. And typically when we do this with, with customers, uh, it's eye-opening because they're, they're actually, they think their environment's better uh, than it actually is. Um, you know, I, I would say most of our customers do a really good job of buying the UPSs to go support those networking switches. Um, but typically, you know, they, they stop at that point. They might connect them. They might have some visibility into it. Um, but they're not really actively managing those environments. So when, when we do these assessments, it, it does two things. One, it helps them really understand what's actually happening. In the, in the environment, uh, but it also um, it, it also kind of speeds up the conversation around getting budget. I mean, as I, as, as I referenced in that healthcare example, because we're showing that there's there's is potential issues that highlights the need to go and fix those. So we do that assessment, and then based on that assessment, that then helps us to kind of put together what the what the next steps are, um, which is typically. Um, at the very minimum, putting in the software, but in most cases, these environments are mixed environments. So there's usually a hardware refresh opportunity, uh, and then also putting it under some type of service contract to make sure that, that the environment or we can provide the level of availability they're looking for. But it, it sounds simple, but it's really just a matter of let's do an assessment, let's get in there, let's have a conversation about what we find, and then, to the, and then together we'll collaborate on what the next step should be. Outstanding. So, you know, with all the competition that's out there, there's lots of choices for people. Let's bottom line this to everybody who's listening. Why Schneider Electric? Yep, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna answer this from uh, from two perspectives because um, as you'd mentioned, you know, I, I I come from the APC side, but we're we're part of a much bigger entity with Schneider Electric. You know, we our our overall objective is to provide uh, solutions all the way from the plant down to the plug, and there's a number of different uh, areas within our business that we that we we touch on. Um, so I'll get to that in a second, but, you know, specifically to what we're doing with digital services, um, you know, I, I think one of the, one of the things that, that differentiates us is, is first of all, just the, the go-to-market strategy that I, I met, mentioned before. We really look to, to collaborate and have flexibility in what we bring together. But the thing is, is 
um, because this is a is a digital these are digital services. There, there really is no endpoint, right? So we're, we're talking about data, taking that and figure out a way to to drive business outcomes. Um, so what we have today is going to continue to evolve, and, and we really challenge our partners and even our customers to come to us with what they think is the next thing that we need to be doing. So we're, we're constantly evolving um, our, our go-to-market strategy so that we're, we're bringing the most value to both our customers and to our partners. So that, that's on the digital services side. But the other thing is we're also we're really putting a lot of, of thought leadership into the products we bring to market. Uh, so the ones, it's one of the ones you might have, you might have heard about is our lithium-ion uh, UPSs that we just we just announced and brought to market. So this is a way that, that you know, they're, they're smaller footprint, they have longer run times, they're designed for harsh environments. Um, so, you know, like a lot of these edge environments, they weren't designed for IT. Uh, so this is, from a, from a hardware perspective, a way that we're trying to address that. So through the, the combination of our lithium-ion UPSs, with our with our software and the services, we can put together a comprehensive uh, solution that enables these customers to really get back to what they need to get to, which is managing their core business and providing that experience to them. So, um, so from a, an APC digital service perspective, you know we're looking to continuously evolve and uh, and 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 maintain or bring that value. Um, as they kind of transition into um, the Schneider side, as they said, you know, our, our objective is to bring a complete architecture uh, that goes from the plant all the way to the plug. Um, and really, there's the, every division within Schneider. So we have a we have one that focuses on energy management and on buildings and on power, um, transmission. Uh, and we get into we get into the manufacturing space with SCADA systems. Um, so we, we have all these different components that go into it. Each one of those groups has their own equivalent of ecostructure. Um, and our longer-term strategy is to actually bring all those together um, and, uh, and, and provide one cohesive uh, solution to customers. And the reason we're doing this is actually it's, it's, it's kind of in response of where we're seeing the market going. So um, you're starting to hear more and more about sustainability and the circular economy. Um, and if you really think about what we do with providing power products, um, we're going to play a key role in that because what we make and provide uh, it could 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 be a negative contributor to those environments. So um, we as, as a company are, are taking uh, sustainability incredibly seriously. Um, and, uh, and, and you'll actually see that if, if you if you paid attention to um, what we publicly uh, talk about, we actually have ESG goals that we report on publicly within with, with, uh, within our, our communications to uh, to the market, um, and and, uh, and and really we're 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 trying to put put our money where what our mouth is, and, and just to kind of reinforce that, so um, you know one of uh, in, in one of uh, the areas uh, uh, there was a contest recently run by Cisco, uh, a digital sustainability challenge. Um, and actually, our Schneider Buildings division won that won that challenge um, uh, regards to the solutions we're bringing to market. So, not only are we talking about what we're trying to do around ESG and sustainability, we're actually putting it into motion, and that's not and that's being recognized by third parties. In this case, Cisco, um, in regards to what we're doing to to to, to make our difference in the, in the market. Larry, that's very impressive, and certainly kudos to you and the rest of the organization for those efforts. You also shared with me earlier that the 2021 sustainability report showed how Schneider's put a tremendous amount of effort into paving the way for others to follow in the area of bringing this kind of business impact 
to help drive towards a climate positive, socially equitable world. What are some of the key points that our listeners should take out of this report? Yeah, and uh, and and as you saw, Kurt, it's it's not it's not a short report. I think it says like 180 pages to it. Oh, it um, took me a while. <laughs> but uh, you know, there's a, there's a couple of key things, and it kind of reinforces what I, what I just said. So the first thing is that Schneider Electric, we view ourselves as an impact company, and uh, and what we mean by that is that you know it's it's, it's our responsibility to um, to kind of build, deliver, you know, positive impacts um, in regards to, like, how we work with our customers, with our shareholders, um, with our partners, with our supply chain. Uh, so everything that we do actually is driving a positive impact. And we've actually identified six different areas that we're going to focus on to actually kind of reinforce that. Um, and those are, you know, sustainability commitments. So those are the act we, we the first one is our act for a climate positive world. And we have some metrics around that. Uh, we want to be effective, uh, efficient with our resources. Uh, we want to live up to the principles of trust. Um, so, you know, it doesn't really work if we're not, if you can't trust what we're saying and doing. Uh, we want to create equal opportunities in the environments that we're, that we're involved in. We, we want to harness the power of, of all of our generations. Uh, and we also want to empower local communities. Um, and, you know, I, I was actually on a call earlier today and, and just internally, we're talking about sustainability, and, and, and they, they kind of position it in a way that I thought was really interesting. And it's like part of our objective is to is 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 to make sure that we're we're, we're meeting our needs today, without compromising the ability of our future future generations to meet their own needs. Um, so to that point, um, the other thing we've done is we've actually made a pledge by, uh, for 2030. Um, in a, around three different areas, climate, biodiversity, and access to energy. So like, our, our 2030 pledge is that our, our carbon pledge will be towards net zero uh, emissions in our operations by 2030 and then also in our value chain by 2050. Uh, from a biodiversity standpoint, we're looking to pledge to be efficient with resources with, uh, with no net biodiversity loss in our operations by 2030. And then from an energy standpoint, provide access to green electricity to 100 million people by 2030. So these are some of the quick highlights of what we talk about uh, in the report. Um, and if, uh, if your listeners are interested in it, uh, we can obviously get them a copy of that. Outstanding. We'll be sure to share with that as well. So, Larry, this is all fantastic. Where can we and the listeners learn more about these digital services with Schneider Electric? Yep. So um, if you go, we actually have a website specifically for it. it it's uh, it's ecostructureit.com. Uh, it's www.ecostructureit.com. And we'll make sure we get that to you. Uh, that actually has all of the different offers that we bring to market. Uh, and then obviously, uh, if you're working uh, with uh, with your local GDT rep, um, they can you can reach out to them, and then we could actually facilitate a conversation about how we could apply that specifically to your business, and and hopefully drive some more value for you. Thank you, Larry. Really, really appreciate you coming on the show today. Great talking to you. Hearing more about the digital services that Schneider and GDT can offer our customers. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. Appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. To our listeners, did you know that not monitoring power is short-circuiting the profits of your business? You don't need the unnecessary downtime, and you surely don't want to be wasting your resources to try to remedy those issues. Get with your GDT rep and see how we can work hand-in-hand with Schneider Electric to ensure your infrastructure sustainability. Visit GDT.com 
or you can email the show at podcast at gdt.com. For Larry Hahn, I'm Kurt Nordquist, and this is The Digital Matrix. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to The Digital Matrix with Kurt Nordquist. For more information on the technologies discussed on today's show, you can email Kurt at podcast at gdt.com. Please be sure to follow us at The Digital Matrix for more cool tech content on future podcasts.